0: If you're interested in having sessions or certification training, go to pastlifeawakeninginstitute.com for details. Thanks for watching and enjoy this episode. Welcome, Bob. Good to see you again.
1: I'm so happy to be back again. I'm really excited. We had so much to talk about the first time and now we have more to talk about today.
0: Yeah. So this is uh, Bob Angelo. She's a board certified hypnotist, past life aggressions therapist, and certified instructor in New Jersey. And the certified instructor is going to be the key to what we talk about today. Last time we talked quite a bit about spiritual awakening, past lives, channeling wisdom, personal experiences with ourselves and our clients, and in past life aggression and spirit releasement therapy. Today, we're going to be putting on our uh, past life regression and hypnotherapy teacher hats. So we're going to be swapping stories about teaching about the students that we teach. We're going to notice some of the tendencies that we see in education and how people can get the most from their training. And then they can avoid some common pitfalls that come post-graduation or during training and some blocks that may reduce their effectiveness in becoming real full-time professional past life hypnotherapists so that's going to be the key. And Bob is actually a certified instructor with the National Guild of Hypnotists and the International Hypnosis Federation. I'm also a certified instructor with the NGH through Dr. Will Horden in Florida in 2012. So I've just hit my 10 year anniversary. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the NGH with you, uh, who did you train with? I trained with uh, Dr. Richard Hart. Okay. Whereabouts was that?
1: That was at the, the NGH has their annual convention in Massachusetts. And so they have their full trainings, a lot of full trainings before and after. So, um, pre and post the conference. So one year I did, I believe it was afterwards and it was a five day, very intensive training.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So today, uh, some of the categories that we can go over is what is past life regression training? And we'll look at, uh, past life training in person and training that you can do online. We'll look at some of the training costs involved in past life regression training and some of the preparation you can do. And we'll go through some stories about some of the students that we have Mm -hmm. and about our story in becoming a a professional therapist and getting up to teacher level and some of the things that enable people. So, you know, what is it that a lot of people who get training don't progress and some people do progress to teacher level relatively quickly. So both Bob and I were professional hypnotherapists for six years. Uh, and that was only six years after that, that we became instructors and teachers. So it's a pretty fast track, um, but that shows that we were pretty committed and really living and breathing it for for six years uh, until we got to the instructor teacher level. So I thought we could start off by looking at we and we did mention this a little bit in our last podcast, but who are the so we can pick up where we left off. So who can take past life regression training? So you mentioned there's a wide age range and uh, and background. So for you, what are the kind of people that the chart the past life regression trainings for you?
1: I would say so. I'm going to actually even just take the most recent past life regression training I had. Four of my six students were therapists. Uh, one was a an addictions counselor. Um, uh, varying degrees of therapy, but um, one, I'm gonna say only one had some prior hypnosis training. So my past life regression training is a full training. You're learning hypnosis techniques. You're not getting into the whole hypnotherapy, which there's a lot more we're dealing with on that end, but you are confident enough when you leave to be able to induce hypnosis, uh, to understand uh, the different states of consciousness, um, to uh, be able to bring somebody out of the hypnotic state, you're getting all of that training, but we're not getting into things that a hypnotherapist would deal with. It's strictly past life regression training. So I would say my typical student is ages like 40 to 60s and beyond. Uh, I don't get uh, I, I, the youngest students, maybe I've had some in their 30s. Um, that are very committed, or they're in a business where they really want to bring in uh, hypnosis or something with what they're already doing. But they tend to be that age. I think that people that get through, they've learned a lot. They've maybe had different careers, and they're ready for a different career. That's usually what I get to with my students.
0: Yeah, yeah. My students are my age range, is probably thirty-five to seventy. So, but yeah. not you know, I've had people in their twenties approach me, uh, but. Uh, for me, I find that off, there's a life experience and things that need to happen first. So mm-hmm. even that, maybe 30 would be about a couple of people in their early 30s, but they've often have psychology degrees. One of them had a, a PhD in uh, psychotherapy. So so the, just in terms of age ranges, a big age range, but it skews older, uh, probably averaging 45, uh, 50, or mm-hmm. yeah, maybe 40, 40, 45. But the, what I find is there are three basic categories. And that sounds like we're on the same page. So you've got the majority are healers who are adding a modality. So they're already experienced healers. They already have a lot of experience with clients. They know how to do rapport and work professionally with people and all of the ups and downs, you know, and the, the, the client management skills. But then I do find, you know, that there is another quarter of people who are having a career change. So they don't actually have a healing background but they do have a lot of really transferable skills. So they have a, they are professionals, they have a real professionalism and they do have some of these other client management skills, but not necessarily healing clients. Then I find the third category is people who aren't healers, uh, particularly, but maybe they've had an amateur or a a curiosity and interest in healing and they come for the training. They're really more interested in uh, gaining knowledge and having a, a communal experience and seeing if it's for them. And they're not quite sure because they haven't done other things uh, similar. Whereas the professional healers we're talking about, they know that uh, I'm going to be able to do some past life sessions because one of my clients, you know, went into a past life and I was doing hypnotherapy, hence I'm on the course. So there's a bit of a compulsion there. Uh, But then I also find that maybe half the people uh, really want to be a full-time past life professional. Maybe half the people are like, "I'll I'll try it out or I'll probably stick with my main modality, but it's really nice to have this on my toolkit. You find, you find that kind of thing?
1: I, you're, Everything you're saying, I'm totally agreeing with. Yeah. Um, and you know, in my description on my website about my classes, I always make sure to say, meet other like-minded people like you. There are people that don't, they'll even say, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm so interested in this. I'm not sure if I'm going to do anything with it but they're drawn to the experience. So it it broadens them, Uh, um, they grow spiritually, they learn different things. So, you know, new neural pathways they're creating just by being in that class and it's okay for them. So I'll say to somebody, you don't have to like leave this class and then have the pressure of, oh my gosh, I have to start my own practice. What's my next step? Some people put it aside for a few years even, and then the time's right and they will um, you know, use what they've learned. And I always encourage them to learn more. Of course, I've had a woman that's taken my class two or three times. She's an, a CEO or executive, I should say. She drives an hour and 45 minutes each way. But she'll say, you know what? I feel like I need a refresher. And she just wants the community, the communal feeling of the class, because she works in a very buttoned up, very analytical you know, thinking kind of a job, and it's like a retreat for her almost.
0: yeah. yeah. And so I think uh, you know some people walk into the class feeling very confident, they feel really in their element. And some people, you know who are professional healers with a client list of people and maybe they've uh, done in fact that uh, maybe they've even done a lot of them will even have some past life regression training already to some extent or have read a lot and and be quite familiar with it. Some people will really walk in feeling like a fish out of water. Uh, and that that it's okay for me to have, uh, that part of the class, partly because we're planting seeds for the future. And as past life regression therapists, I know that these seeds are not, not only for the next few years, but the next few lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And the next
1: generation too of, of healers and, and people who need this kind of work that is going to help them.
0: Yeah. So for me, like I like it when people come in and they graduate and they go on to be full-time professional past life regression therapists. That makes me feel good. But for the people that don't, I know, well, not, maybe not this year or maybe not this lifetime, but maybe see you in the next one. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think just that exposure to some of those teachings is valid. So you may think, oh, you know, uh, some of your clients went on to be real good past life therapists. Some of them never really used it. And I don't see one as necessarily being better than the other, as long as uh, the reasons that they don't use it are that you've really planted seeds that are going to sprout later, rather than, and this is what we're going to get onto later, where there are other blocks, where there are limiting beliefs or reasons why they could have gone further, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go on to that. But we just want to acknowledge the spiritual underlying seed planting karmic uh, uh, impact of doing it for knowledge and experience. So the next thing is another way of looking at who can take past life regression training. And you've hinted at this as well, the button-down scientist conventional type. And I find that Mike, the class is pretty much 50-50 split between the scientists who got psychology degrees and the mystics who are medium psychics do Reiki.
1: Yes, yes. You find that? I Yes, I do. And I love when at the end of the training, not that I'm turning the people who are more analytical into a mystic or, or having, but they have these experiences in my class because everybody does, we go through our own kind of self, you know, we're doing past life regression for ourselves and I'm leading them into different meditations and even just the discussions alone that, um, they will have an experience that it's, it feels safe to have it in a group. Um, it is something that they probably would never experience on their own. And when they, when that kind of like awakening they'll have, like your past life awakening institute, I love that, that uh, title because that's what it is. You're really people that come to this class are awakening on their own too and having that experience. So it's great because the person who kind of I always feel like their soul, their spirit already knows it. They know that part of them, the mystical part and all that wonderful. But it gives them almost permission when they pay money. They set aside the time they come in. Then they're saying, I'm ready for this. And again, whether they take it with them and they become a therapist or it's just the next step in their awakening, then um, it's, it's wonderful to see by the end of the week.
0: Yeah, I really like it from the other side as well, which is the mystics come in. Mm-hmm. And they and they get the scientific mindset, which is myth, uh, a methodology, which yes. is a real structure, which is a real deep explanation that's cohesive and complete, because the mystic side can get too far into you can't really explain this thing. It's ineffable. Well, partly it's ineffable, but partly you need to be maybe a bit better at communicating and and nailing it down a little bit, which can be done to a degree. And yes. so I, and so I find they really appreciate picking up extra tools and having a real structure they can work with. And the scientists have got structure, but they need to be able to have the flexibility and the, the far outness built into their structure. Whereas the far out people need to have some structure built into their far outness. And, uh, and so I find it's really nice having those, those two, uh, parts in a, in a group. And so, so that's one thing people might think, oh, I don't want to go to a past life training because it's all going to be woo woo people mm-hmm. who are out there and it's, uh, and, uh, and I, I'm probably, uh, and i find it's 50, 50, I find really, and that's another thing about just having that professionalism. I think if you're too into the, the mystic, you may not be able, you may have a lot of talent, but you may not be able to implement that, uh, with every type of client that's going to come. And even just basic, basic things like, uh, marketing and, uh, business management, uh, once you graduate. And so I think that kind of professionalism that we instill in the training is really helpful for the mystics as well.
1: Exactly. So. Exactly. And even in, I was just thinking, as you were talking in my last training, uh, there was a, a person, one of my students who was, you know, doing other kind of healing. And when they had to work on each other, she said, I went off script and I found myself just kind of, spinning out of control or just going on my own and thought, wait a minute, I can't do that because your script works, everything that these techniques work. And so it was great for her to realize you can't just kind of say, oh, I'm going to take this training, but then I'm going to do my own thing. I tell my students, go by what you've been taught. And there will come a time probably sooner than later when something unexpected does come up that you're then going to need to think outside the box. But that's part of your experience. Part of what makes you then a great teacher or a great therapist is I've had 200 of those things that have happened. So even though you can't guarantee anything or have an expectation of everything that's going to happen, but what I always say, and I think I even said it last time we talked, if you get frazzled or you get kind of like, oh no, this isn't in the book, what do I do? Just keep asking questions. Just keep asking.
0: Actually, I've got a story that's going to illustrate that a long story to tell later in the podcast, but I think that's critical. A lot of people, uh, so you've got the scientists who maybe feel like a little bit, uh, these mystics are going to know a lot about past life stuff. And I've just got a myth, a, a good, my brain thinks in a clear way, but I don't know what to think about past life regression. Whereas the mystics think that they know a lot about more than they do. So <laughs> I find you get two types, another way to cut it into two types, half of your class is overconfident. The other half is underconfident. I yeah. want to increase the confidence in those who need a boost. And I want to decrease it. in those who are overconfident, you do not know as much, you don't know what you don't know. If you think that you know uh, how to do it, bef- you know, and this is a formality, then that's where people really uh, underperform and really uh, do themselves a big discredit. So what right. uh, Bob's saying is you've got to follow the instructions. Don't just make it off into your own hybrid in the training course, maybe five years in, but you have to know the rules inside out, back the front and have a thousand sessions of really doing it properly before you start freewheeling. And if you're going to start doing it in the class, when you're not graduated, we need to talk. (laughs) But it was uh, great
1: because, and it was a lovely person who was, you know, humble and had, had great intentions, but that she shared it with the class and said, oh, I found myself doing this and then saying, what am I doing? I can't do that. And she brought herself back to it. So that was great for the class to hear as well to say, oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, we can't do that. Um, We have to put a lot of time in before you can kind of do that. Even now, Mark, I've been, so how long we've been doing this for 15 years? I have pretty much the same induction because it works. I can say it backwards, you know, side, whatever in my head. I may uh, change a few things or I may have two or three inductions that I use, but I tend to use the same thing. I have the same structure that I use with every client. Then there's the step, the kind of jumping off point and we go, okay, let's see what happens.
0: Yeah. You don't have, yeah, you don't have to do the same thing every time, but, uh, uh, but you do have to follow the same principles Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you have to know what those principles are, which involves being able to deconstruct it inside out and back to front. And so, and, but that's a really great point that you made. There's a really good learning point. And so it's not, you know, as I say that, it may seem a little bit critical of people who you know want to do it their own way. but I only say that because I know how dangerous it is for them and their and their future career. Yeah. Uh, and and that uh, and it, so it's a great learning point. And so it's not that, you know, if you do that, it's wrong, but that people have a tendency to do that, and they have to learn from it rather than, uh, get away with it and have that become part of a habit. And then they wonder down the track why they're not at the level of someone else's who followed the instructions. You know?
1: And also if they're telling people that they were trained by me <laughs> and then they're going off my teaching and they're yeah. trying to kind of out there in the wild West, I I'm thinking, well, yeah, then people are going to think, well, what is Shao is she teaching this? Yeah. I don't, I have to say though, I, I, and I think we even talked about a little bit before when we, we touched on teaching, I really vet my students. I want to, I'll say, they'll contact me and then we'll set aside a time to talk. I yeah. want to know why they're interested, what their intentions are. I want to know a little bit about them. And, um, you know, if it's, I and I'll be very honest and say, this might not be for you. Yep.
0: Yeah. I do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. I do that actually before every client that I have. I have an in, intake me interview too. where
1: mm-hmm. I decide
0: if I'll take them as a client or not. And I absolutely wow. do that for training. And if I feel someone has misunderstands what it is, or has some of those tendencies, and I can teach you, that's your tendency. You're gonna up, you to end. I, I, I'm not going to let you get away with that, because it's going to damage you. It might damage my reputation down the line, but it's going to. And like, you need to understand. This is the teaching lesson. You need to catch that lesson. And if people don't or argue about it, or mm-hmm. and don't understand that lesson, and so she humbly brought it up and said, "I noticed this tendency, and I'm correcting it." if people say i have this tendency and i think i'm special so i'm going to just keep doing it yeah. then uh yeah you you need to spot that early and i do exactly the same thing so those people don't make it to the class
1: i i actually brought that up with one of my clients recently who who said you're probably so busy and i said well i work with who i want to work with and i know that would benefit from this yeah and we're in a culture that you know especially now you go online about there's spiritual branding and 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 everything there's not one kind of profession that's untouched by what you should do and how you should brand and sell 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 and be so successful
0: yeah.
1: and um my this is my purpose in life it's not just what i do it's my purpose i know that and when you uh, are working with people who are open whether you're teaching them or working with them as a as a client Here's the thing I'm not just taking on everybody and everything thinking that there's the ego part I can help everybody. It really is or not even knowing who's coming into your office and what their issue is or taking on any student because you want to fill the class.
0: Yeah, well that actually we'll get onto this a little bit. We're going to talk about uh in in-person training versus online training, but you're absolutely right. I I think it's quality over quantity Mm -hmm. and you have to be very careful because if you have 10 people in your class and two of them, uh, shouldn't be there. You've really Mm -hmm. polluted the whole class. And those yep. eight people will be looking at you going, what are you letting these two people in for? But this exactly. is a real behind the scenes when, what <laughs> teachers talk about. So there's not get too much into that. We just make sure, and you really owe it to those eight people not to bring in the two who shouldn't be there. Let's just leave yes. it at that, you know? So yes. uh, so, uh, so, then the next question is, and we'll get into this, but firstly, like what is past life regression training? So for me, uh, it's really, and a lot of people I think think, you know, you have to know, you know, how to do past life regression training. That's the first quarter. If you know, if you can read a book and, or take a video course, which I do supply, then, you know, I've told you how to do it, but that is, that's the beginning. Uh, And to me, past life regression training is about seeing your teacher demonstrate how that they do it. And then you, the student practicing it under the teacher's guidance, and then you, the student going and putting it into practice, graduating and doing it with other people, because you learn from your experiences. So I think a lot of people think that they know how to do past-life regression because they did the first 25%. Mm-hmm. And the other 75% is where the rubber really hits the road. So that's sort of my version of what past-life regression training is. What do you, what do you think or how would you uh, define it?
1: Pretty much the same thing. And we all know that anybody can read a book or watch a watch somebody talk about it or, or whatever that is. But until you actually are doing it, and I encourage all of my students – family members, friends. Um, I had one student and it was in a hypnotherapy, not past life regression that insisted he had no family or friends to practice on. I said, practice on yourself in front of the mirror, say the words in front of the mirror, just to hear yourself saying them now past life regression you know, it's a little bit different when you're going into the therapy, but the other things, the techniques and the scripts that build up to that, you can practice that on your own as well. Just saying those things to feel more comfortable, just saying the words. But there is a time though, when you're just going to have to just throw yourself out there and say, I think I'm ready. And then that's when it begins. And so many students will say, "Ah, oh, I was so nervous. And I did my first session. It was great. Everything you, I heard, everything that you've been telling me. Yeah. And and everything you taught me, it worked just just the way that we did in class.
0: Yeah. So uh, demonstrations is something you'll do in your training?
1: Yes. I also, what I've done too, which um, I think is important and really helps. So during the pandemic, I was doing Zoom. I recorded those sessions. And with those um, people's permission, I show them. Sometimes I send them. They can watch them on their own. Other times, because you know you can't talk for eight hours um, the whole time, yeah. that Will as a group watch the session, and they get to see how to do it on Zoom as well. So yeah. just those little things, if you can watch, um, we'll we'll watch those, and then we'll discuss some of the pre-intake that maybe they didn't see. Um, we'll talk about the session itself. They even might say, um, "I would have asked that question," or maybe would have been appropriate if you've done that. Yeah. And then I also do live in in person. I don't do, uh, I bring in an outside person when I do my demonstrations. I don't do, uh, I don't take a student. I used to, but I found it's better for them. Well, first of all, the person who's having the experience is missing the training. And I'll bring in someone cold and I'll say, meaning they they might not know much about past life regression. They've never had a session. Um, Not always. My last one, I did bring someone in that I had already worked with. But um, somebody that I know personally or that um, I feel like, OK, they're open to it. They know what I do. And they're saying, oh, I'll come in and be a volunteer in your class because then they're seeing. And I know that some some teachers will say, don't set yourself up for that, because what if Yeah. I kind of feel like this is what might come up. So you're going to watch me in a real session where we don't know what's going to happen yeah. and you'll get to see how it how it works and how I approach it.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I've got uh, uh, demonstration courses uh, as part of my online training. I started off with, here's how you do it. Then I added courses where I do Zoom sessions. I've got an interview and three hypnotherapy sessions on my hypnotherapy demonstrator course. And I've got a past life regression demonstrator course as well. And I actually chose some of my worst (laughs) sessions (laughs) in terms of like being glamorous or looking good. I had clients that uh, were difficult that struggled to get into past lives that were really blocking the process mm-hmm. or going off in their own tangents. And I had to rein them in. And yes. so I appreciate So, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to get the, the, the smoothest and maybe 50, <laughs> 60% of your sessions are super smooth and make you look really great. And some of them you have to grind it out. And, and that's what I put on my demonstration sessions, ones that are less glamorous and less flowing and less easy. Because uh, particularly in the earlier days, it's going to be a bit of, a, it's a little bit, hard. you will you, smooth sessions come a little bit later. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so exactly, that is better uh, learning. Uh, and so, yeah, so there are demonstrations that you give. You've moved to do some online sessions. Uh, what about training? Is that something that you do online and in person or just one?
1: Well, what I've developed now used to be all in person, the entire thing start from the very beginning when we walk in and and welcome and you know that's what we would begin with and as well as my hypnotherapy training and what i do now is i have so much that they're sent so they can read um, on their own so we have about four weeks of they're learning at home they're learning different techniques Um, Things that I, I, you know, just talk about the history of past life regression, things like that, that they can read on their own. Then we have a Zoom session where we all meet, the students meet. They can ask some questions. I'll kind of prep them for them, the training. So when they walk in the door, because mine is a 40-hour, five-day, straight day, it's a real intensive training. And so they're kind of prepared, but then we're seeing people in person. We're doing the live demonstrations. We're doing things like that. And I found it's a really good combination of things. I don't I don't have a training that's all online, but I know a lot of teachers who are doing that and I'm not opposed to it at all. It's just that when things started opening up and I thought, okay, now I feel good about having people in my office. Uh, a lot of people, which you probably run into as well, say, no, it's got to be in person. They want to f- feel that energy. They think it's going to be That much different it is, but also online training. You're still getting the energy. You're still seeing everything. You're still getting the same, um, the same effect. Um,
0: yeah. Are you so you're doing one to many? So you'd have a, a many a number of people joining an online call.
1: I have, um, and my my class is limited, so I only take as many people as I know that I can fit comfortably in my office. So I'm in my office right now. Okay. these are adults. These are not uh, high school kids or even elementary. You can't put somebody in a hard folding chair for yeah. eight hours. So I have very comfortable a very comfortable setup. I have a little kitchen area. People bring their lunch. Um, so I top out where I want to know that people are comfortably going to sit there for eight hours a day and not feel squished in. So um, I yeah. like to keep my classes small.
0: Cool. but online as well. So you're, you're having all uh, your online sessions, you're, you're getting a number of people online at the same time for that online part?
1: For the training. Um, Yes. So, it, so here's, we do one right now. We do maybe depending on the hypnotherapy is four zoom sessions, passive regressions, one zoom session, but they are sent information to read and they can watch some videos I send them. So they have that part. That's the beginning part of it. Okay. Um, and then, and I'm, I have to tell you too, Mark, Mike I I'm always tweaking and kind of changing things a bit and saying, you know what, let's try this, or maybe this would work. yeah Um, I don't like to work weekends, so I don't really have that many weekend classes that that's me personally. Um, I find that people will say, I will take this time off. I'll take my vacation or I'll set that time, you know, aside. Yeah. And from what I found, I'm not sure, um, with your students almost, say, I want to do it. I want to do it all at once. I like the idea. I can study a little bit at home, but when it's over a long period of time, say if you did like two weekends a month for a year, it tends to get kind of watered down or then people are missing classes I found or things like that. So I like to do that, that kind of straight shot.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't like to have it spaced out over too long a period either. And I've actually transitioned from doing it all in person to doing it all online. And so uh, I I think there are pluses and minuses in every approach, but I think it's really a matter of choosing the right people for the right approach. Or uh, I think some people are suited better to in-person training, Mm -hmm. particularly those who are going for the camaraderie, the knowledge, the experience. Maybe they don't know quite what they're going to do. And then being like being able to have that chatting over the morning tea, like exactly. showing up at 8 30 in the morning. Hey, how you doing? How is, you know, the, the chitter chatter <laughs> before the class? All of that is so valuable.
1: Yes, yes. You know, and I,
0: and I, yeah. And so, and I think that's just such a great thing about online training. Uh, but one other, but there are some oh, in person training, but I think there are, there are some negatives do flip uh, come in. And for me, I noticed I was paying a lot of money, a lot of big percentage of the, the the fee that people would pay me for the training. A lot of that was going for me paying for the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> and so, if yeah. you're on you're on an office, that's good. Uh, or people will then come from out of state or different parts of the country, or even internationally. I had people flying yeah. from other countries, and then they've got a flight, they've got hotels, yes. they've yes. got missed income. They've got to take off uh, you know their their holiday days mm-hmm. uh, are being Littles, are being spent mm-hmm. yeah, and so yeah. Uh, but the, you know the good thing is, you know you have the camaraderie, and uh, you you know you have to show up every day because everyone else is. And when you're online, you've got to re- really be a self-starter. I think people have to be more exactly. conscientious. They've got yes. to, they've got to work harder in a way. there's a, a little bit lonelier. Yeah. Um, but I find the people that are suited for that are the ones who are the real professionals. Who and also that you talk about, you know, can you find, you know, a friend or family? No, I can't. Well, great, we've got eight people sitting here in the class, and you can uh or mm-hmm. and you can work with them, and so yeah. then you know you always I like to have even numbers, so the session sw- uh, swaps are so important, and so then they can uh, they can do the swaps with each other, and that's really important, um, and being able to like be there in person, looking over their shoulder is pretty nice. But the way that I transitioned is uh, I focus now on, on online, where I have uh, people do assignments so that really requires rather than me looking over their shoulder, they have to really write assignments in detail, and I have to prep them. So I that thing we're talking about, we need to qualify our student our clients, who are going to be our students or our therapy clients. And I teach my advanced online uh, therapist students how to qualify people so that I know you can go ahead and... Do sessions with that person. Tell me how it goes, and then I don't have to intervene, you know, mid session, <laughs> you know, or or I don't have to like get onto the phone with them, you know, immediately after the session of oh, you know, that something went wrong. What do I do? It's it's uh, the mate. Interestingly, and I thought maybe that could happen, but it's it's never happened yeah. uh, with a lot of online students now, and so I find uh, you know, and that way people don't have to give up their holiday days. They don't have to fly. Uh, they don't have to spend more money on the hotels and food than they do on the training and uh yeah so there's a bit more work involved but there are a lot a lot of benefits uh in there as well so i've been and this is something that really i actually did think of it just before the pandemic and i launched my online training three months before the pandemic (laughs) thinking oh maybe this is something that will you know take five years to to gather momentum and it just went crazy in the 2020 I was more busy training people when I couldn't see them online and in person than I than I than I was before. So, you know, it's uh, it's amazing uh, how effective that's been. But you do really need those people who are really committed and really going to put in the work, and because it is a lot of work. And they have to really, uh, you know, and because that's one thing when people show up for the in-person training, you've always got your 20, 30% who sit in the back of the class and you don't hear a peep out of them yes. you know, until, until you really you know, make, get it out of them. And so when you're doing, and I also do one-to-one training online. So it's, it's really mentoring. And so they'll watch my videos and then I'll set assignments and we'll just go one by one through all of the sessions that they did and it's it's really one to one so they have to really show up and really communicate and really be invested and basically be that person who sits at the front of the class and is talking to the teacher the whole time you know
1: that's great that you're doing that that one on one um the mentoring almost uh, the one on one training um i know that i've done in the past not not past that progression one on one training but hypnotherapy and i have to say personally it's kind of isolating for me even and a little, the energy isn't the same. So, um, even though I've done it and I will still do it, I change my fees are higher for that because you're putting out the same amount of time for one person as you would for eight or 20 people. Um, I, I really, I guess I feed off of the energy too. Um, in a good way, meaning it's, you know, we're all in this together. We're all, um, all learning at the same time and I'm sharing things and, uh, but I think, you know, we were, you, what you were just saying, you know, we could say the pros and cons of everything. And even with a job, how many people that I work with now, professionals, um, I'm working with a, um, an in-house counsel, an attorney right now, and COVID threw him for a loop and he said, I feel so isolated, like... I miss traveling, even when I thought it was a pain in the butt. Now I'm saying, yeah, send me out, please. I need to get out. Yeah. So there's that there, you know, there, there's both sides to that. Some people that, that need it. Other people I know said, oh, my God, this was great. I hate to sound like this is yeah. the best thing that's happened to me. But I love being in my home. I love not yeah. going out and having all of that chaos. It's, it's kind of OK for me.
0: Yeah, I mean. it's a real introvert, extrovert thing. Do you get mm-hmm. recharged being with people or do you get recharged being with yourself in silence? And yeah. I'm pretty heavily on the introvert side. So therefore, it really suits me. Yes. And other people who are real extroverts who really feed off the energy of the group. That's another thing. In fact, even I even found it's almost sort of the thing like, you know, you're the great salesperson, you become the manager or you're the great uh, uh, sportsman, then you become the coach. But well, just because you good at the sport doesn't make you a good coach.
1: Exactly.
0: And for me, I love doing one-on-one sessions with people. Then I become a teacher. Now I'm doing one-to-many. And I found, you know, if you're doing six or eight people in a training, you really connect individually with each person. Once you get up to 12 or 16, when I was doing a training for 16 people, I was like, at the end of the course, 10 days, I was talking to like, I don't know who those two people are. And I didn't like that, you know, and so, or like, mm-hmm. I've got a vague idea of what they're about, but you know, yes. uh, you know, maybe you really connect deeply with heart, the top half of the class. Some people, you know, less other people you're like, I don't know, you know, who was that? You know, you, if you saw them on the street three weeks later, you'd struggle. So yes. that, that kind of thing for me, that, that deep one-to-one connection is something that's, yes. uh, pretty powerful about the mentoring and that, that really suits the introverted
1: one-to-one bias type person that I am. I've done um and I'm I'm probably 50 50 maybe with that love my own company love to be quiet but then I yeah uh, I open the door and I'm like okay I need to come out <laughs> I need to play with other people and then okay play time's over I need to go back in and yeah. be on my own so I, it's like the best of both uh, as you're talking I'm picturing some of the trainings because you and I have both done probably so many of our own trainings meaning going out and learning because I'm that person when I go to the convention and when I used to go, when you get the, um, the little booklet that has all the classes that you can pick, I feel like I'm a kid in a candy store. I get so excited picking all the classes that I can't wait to learn. I fill my days with that.
0: Well, here's the thing. I have never been to any of those conferences. So I am literally the person who will do the absolute minimum required and then stay in my cave meditating the rest this, right? of the time. So right. I haven't been to those conferences, but the other reason for that is because I'm not in the United States.
1: Mm-hmm. As, oh, I would meet people from all over the world there. I loved uh, it. Uh, I haven't but, been yeah, to one but But exactly,
0: But and those people have got quite a bit of money because yes. it's pretty expensive to fly yes. from Brazil where I am now mm-hmm. to go to those expensive trainings, yeah. you know, with your exchange rate, with all the hotels, with the mixed income. So mm-hmm. a lot of people have some people have the luxury, but the people that you see are not representative reality. They are the top five percent that can. That the invisible ninety five percent can't show up. Yeah. I'd love to go and do a training in New York yeah. with whoever, but they just can't. And so that's and that's the other um, just in uh, uh, you know game breaking uh, plus of online training.
1: That's what I love about what you're doing. I want to know. I want to learn more about that because you really. I took the uh, spirit releasement. When I found you, I think I heard you on a podcast, went on your website. And even though I had already read the book and done some of it, I thought, let me do this because I can do it on my own. So I, you know, I downloaded it. It was so simple the way you had everything uh, arranged. It it was so easy to do and so simple. And it was great because I would sit down when I had some time, you know, every day and, and listen to more and listen to more. And it was a good refresher for me.
0: Yeah. Well, that's actually the next part, which is I find that a lot of people will, will get a training. And so even for me, my training is almost really for people that have already done in-person trainings. Certainly they've done in-person trainings in their own modality, but a lot of the people that come to me have already done in-person trainings in past life regression or hypnotherapy. And they do my hypnotherapy in past life courses because they really are advanced mentoring courses. And right. so I find what happens is you can graduate people it's a small enough group. You know them intimately. If not, you know, if you're getting too big, uh, but then they go out into the world. And I think a lot of people, they have the camaraderie. Oh, it's great being around people. But as soon as they come out of the course, they lose a lot of momentum. And now mm-hmm. they're not around people. And now they have to face the reality, which is therapy is a lonely business. You're going to be on your own and you're not mm-hmm. going to have all your classmates around you and supporting you. You're not going to have your teacher there to help you through it. You've now got a, fly real quick. And I find a lot of people do not. They glide down, hit the ground, and that's it. Yes. Game, game over. And so that's where my online training wanted to come in, which as I see myself really as a person who wants you. you know, so I don't want to tell you how to do past life regression. A lot of people basically even know how to do it. But I will tell you how to do it in my version. And I'll demonstrate how to do it. So then people can model you. And then they can like, what would Mark do in this situation? You know, uh, what would Barb do? Should I, should just say, and what happened next? And then, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, so they, they've, they've seen it. And that's one interesting thing. You give them the structure. This is how you do it. But when you're demonstrating it, they're like, oh, I thought that I knew how to do it, but then you got in this tricky situation. And I was like, not thumbing through what exactly would I do? But then you say, this is how you get out of it. And They're like, and then they click, click, light bulbs go off. Wow. And so that's where the, there's a, the flexibility comes in which is like, I know how to do it generally, but the principles that he followed in that particular situation. And so, you know, that's why we want to have demonstrations that are not always that pretty or not that easy. And and so that's where, again, like, and then we've got to really make them do it. So you've got to go out and you can do a swap session, you know, with uh, a a willing uh, fellow student, but I want, I take people so that, uh, particularly in my training. So for example, my I do start off with hypnotherapy. And so I'll have them do three clients doing three sessions each. So that's nine uh, clients they're doing in their hypnotherapy course. We'll have, uh, we'll have one call to discuss uh, interviewing them. And if we want to take them as clients, and then a beginning, middle, and end of three, a program of three sessions. So I have all my students take people through a program of three sessions of hypnotherapy for three clients. So that's nine sessions they're doing. Then I have them do the same for past life regression. So that's four mentoring calls, going through an interview in three sessions. So that's another nine, and then uh, another and for between lives regression another six. So they're getting up to tw- they're doing twenty four sessions uh, that they're then writing assignments for and then describing to me what happened and I can go through line by line. Here there was an opportunity you did this that was good. Here you hadn't you there was an opportunity to do this and you didn't do it. So I can tell you what you did, but I can notice what you didn't do. And then, and then here's something you did, and don't keep doing that. You know, you, you got away with it once, don't make a habit of that. And just these little adjustments are so important, I find. And that's the, the thing that can help people go from I'm a certified past life therapist to I'm a past life therapist, which is I do it and I've right. done a hundred to me, like and I've done a hundred uh sessions. You know, uh, uh, to me, that's kind of a minimum. You know, like if you know how to do it and you've done a few practice sessions, okay, you're you that's the key to the door. But to me, you haven't really walked through the door until you've done your first hundred sessions, and that should be thirty clients. And then then you then you're getting the hang of it, and then you've got to keep going and do a thousand, and then then you then you can, then now you know it inside out and back to front. Now you can start doing it your way a little bit.
1: You Don't know? you wish? Because as you're talking, I'm looking back to 2007, 2008 when I when I graduated, and then you're on your own um for my hypnotherapy training and then i then went on to learn past life regression don't you wish there was somebody like you back then <laughs> that we could have worked with that did all of that it, there probably was somewhere out there but the internet wasn't that big then and i wouldn't have even known i just went from, I remember asking, trying to find a mentor and I could never even find someone that would work with me or that they just wanted to take me as a client and not, they didn't have a mentorship program kind of like that. I would have loved that back then.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that's, I think a lot of people don't to this day understand the value of mentorship and, mm-hmm. and how really significant it is. So for example, just like look at the cost of past life regression training. And so, you know, there there's a cost, but then there's a benefit, and you can think about how much value am I going to be able to get. So people can come in and say, I just want to have an experience, and I want to have knowledge, and I want to be in this the camaraderie of their group, and I think they still get value out of that, even if they never really uh, uh, they do, even if they never do any session whatsoever after the course. I think there's still value in, and I think they still got their money's worth. So if you think about the people that actually go ahead and do sessions and how many sessions you have to make to make, you know, the trainings tend to be a couple of thousand dollars or in the thousands of dollars uh, and how many sessions you have to do to pay that back. Not many, not many at all. And so even if you think about my training, if I'm having people do 24 sessions while I'm mentoring them, they're paying to get mentored. I think they should get paid to do those sessions. So a lot of people say, oh, you have to do 25 or 50 free sessions when you're starting out. I do not agree with that. I think people should get paid pretty much straight away and maybe not at the full rate that, you know, uh, you know, veterans. That was going to be my next question for you, because I'm sure a lot
1: of people listening are thinking the same thing, because I've had my my uh, students ask me, should I how much should I charge? And if I'm just, you know, kind of learning, is there so so you do recommend that they Charge less, but still charge.
0: Uh, Yeah, because we've earned it. No, we can when they're starting uh, out to do those. We we can do. We can get a lot more done in fewer sessions for a start. Mm -hmm. So we earn the extra money that we get paid. We've really earned it. And and uh, but it's. I think that the the real issue is people who think that their sessions that they're giving in the early days are valueless. I think that is uh, dangerous, and it's not true fact, what I find is I love to have this conversation with people. I'll say particularly, and I re- remembering again, that my students are advanced healers who are already getting paid a high amount of money for their other sessions. So they're adding another modality. So if they're charging $250, $300 for dollars you for know, their 60 minute session of whatever their main one is, uh, why should this one be free? It doesn't make any sense. In fact, those people have no problem. They wouldn't consider they exactly. will just charge. They would. They, would, they, would, they would, Why would I do it free? Are you crazy? And so right. they, 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 I don't have to have that conversation with them. Right. So some people have got more confidence. Some people have got less. And the ones with less need to get. You could at least charge fifty. I mean, honestly, you're undercharging. But if uh, if you feel comfortable uh, charging zero, you know, you that's not okay. <laughs> I think you shouldn't be. You're arguing, Because what happens is at the end they go through the three sessions. And at the end of it, their client is thinking, I can't believe they gave me so much value. I feel so bad that they did it for free. I've stolen from this person. And so you're not helping out that client. You're and you're sub-communicating a lack of belief in your own self and a lack of understanding and clarity about the value that you're providing. Mm-hmm. I have that clarity because I've taught a lot of students and I know that at the end of it, They've provided, you know, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars of value to their clients. So the value that we provide and the cost Mm -hmm. that we charge is different. The value that you provide to somebody who has breakthroughs that help them in their career or their relationships or their health add, you know, many years of quality and quantity of life. And they they paid you six, eight hundred dollars you provided them a lot more value than they paid. And now you want to undercut that again yeah. and, and charge nothing or well, it's a lack of confidence. And so part of what I can do in my mentoring is a, you know, it isn't that much of a problem because a lot of people are professionals and they don't have that issue. But for the ones that do, I do need to boost them up and let them know that, that it is okay to do that and that they can then pretty quickly ramp up to a, a, a good rate. And that will then cover a lot of the costs So I think a lot of people come in one, you know, being price sensitive about the cost uh, is another little indicator of sub communicating a lack of understanding about the value that they are going to provide, and that you will very quickly make back all of that money in, uh, in the sessions that you give. But then the other real key thing from that is that, well, I've already got my training, or I've just read the book or done your video course, isn't that enough? I think I could probably wing it from here. Uh, mm-hmm. The key thing that I find is that the extra money you spend on the real premium uh, mentoring training pays you back in multiple in multiples of many, many tens greater than there's the money you spend on it. So I see some people who are like, well, my practice is going pretty good, but it's not really taken away in a lot of momentum. And the difference for me is being good and being great uh, is the difference between having a successful practice and not. So it's not enough to be like pretty good at and have the general idea, the extra mentoring uh, and value that you, you put in, you get paid out so much higher in terms of your returns. And it really can be the difference between success or, you know, just having it as a sideline, kind of a hobby thing for me.
1: It's funny because, um, Probably, I don't want to say it's the only reason. It was kind of the push. I had never really considered becoming an instructor, and I had a dear friend who wanted to learn hypnosis, and they're the only instructor in this area she didn't really feel comfortable with. She had talked to him and kind of went on his website and said, "I don't know if this is for me or not." So there was an instructor training come up, coming up at NGH. And I figured what she was, she could pay me, what she was going to pay him, and it would cover about 99% of my training. One person. One person. And then another friend said, Oh, I'd like to do that too. So they were my first two students. They came to my house. We sat at my dining room table for six weeks. They would come in and, and they had the same kind of schedules. And that was great for me because it really helped me as an instructor get comfortable with the material. But I thought, wow, this is great. It worked out for everybody because they wanted it. It was it was a convenient for them. And then that's how I became an instructor. I also do really love to teach, but I don't know if I had been kind of pushed in that direction if she hadn't pushed me.
0: I had exactly the same thing. I showed up to a new city. I saw who the other therapist in that city was, was high profile and had a bad reputation and I didn't like the way I was doing it. So I thought I will become a trainer and flood the market with people who can give hypnotherapy and past life progression, a good name. There you go. There's your
1: motivation. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: So we might be the humble, less confident types who, uh, or may not be drawn towards it, but absolutely thinking that, you know, uh, in order to serve other people, that's going to be, uh, I need to step up and do this now. And exactly. Was- exactly. Yeah. And so because
1: and- I want to help. I I'm thinking, okay, I want this person to get the best training. And I think I could give that to them. And yeah. it didn't mean I knew everything. It didn't mean that I don't only just become an instructor, but I had been a hypnotist for a while. Yeah. And I knew that I was going to listen, um, help her out whenever she needed it. I, so I knew all of those things, just, just, by being who I am, that, um, that, yeah, it would, it would be something that I knew that I was going to give it my all.
0: Yeah. And for me, that meant actually flying from Asia to Florida, spending a ton of money on flights and uh, accommodation and, and missed income and uh, you know, all of that stuff in order to get that training. Uh, So yeah, that was a choice that I made, but it's interesting as well, just even that journey of becoming a healer as well, because I think I see this in a lot of people, and they get very comfortable being a therapist. And I got uncomfortable seeing other people being therapists or trainers in ways that I thought was not serving our community well. Yeah. And it needed to upgrade. So I became so uncomfortable with that, that I had to <laughs> become more uncomfortable and spending money, which I don't like doing. And uh, <laughs> and and traveling, you know, long haul, which I don't like doing. But I did because uh, I was forced to, because that discomfort forced me to awaken. I could have easily yeah. I was living in a tropical paradise in <laughs> in uh, an island in Thailand and you know everything was good but I then had then I even went to the city in Bangkok which a lot of people who live in the islands will uh, you know not like the big city but all of these things that I did and so actually one thing just even to illustrate the difference between sort of being like quite good and understanding past life and being great at it so here's a little story about my therapist journey and uh, it's to me it's a, an illustration of how just that little extra percentage makes the, a complete difference to success or real really failure or not really taking off. So I know a lot of people, they do basic training. They feel like they know what they're doing, but they don't know what they don't know. There are levels to this and you can be doing good. And, but then you might have a couple of tricky clients and you're like, oh, okay, it's not always, it doesn't work every time kind of a thing. Or you no, know, I'm, I'm, but I think you really have to, uh, word of mouth is everything. In this, you need referrals, and you need to get you. So you have to have good word of mouth, and that's pretty much everybody has to speak well of you. If you get nine people speaking well and one people speaking bad, that one person will just torpedo all those nine. Mm-hmm. So you can't have anyone speaking bad, and you can't even have people being lukewarm. You have to really be at a high level where pe- everyone who meets you has to sing your praises. If they don't, and you're wondering why things haven't taken off, that's why.
1: Right.
0: You know, and so. I was actually in India. Uh, I was actually uh, I was actually in India. Actually, at the stage doing training, and I was living there. And I met a person who was a fellow healer, and she told me about a wellness retreat in Thailand where one of her friends worked. And or, or uh, and so I had to go to Thailand for a week on a visa run. And so I thought, oh, while well, I'm there, I'll just go down to this island. And I actually got the name of her friend wrong. <laughs> and I think <laughs> thinking that this was her friend, I contacted somebody at a resort called Kamalaya. Which is a very well-known, uh, respected wellness uh, retreat, uh, and so I ended up getting an interview there. And I had I interviewed with a bunch of the uh, wellness practitioners that worked there, very well-educated and uh, good staff. And I had to give a hypnotherapy session to uh, a, a a a person who had hypnotherapy training and was one of their staff members. Because of that, I did got get the job. But I came back three months later. To do like a one month stint and i ended up staying in thailand for 10 years after that i then got other job because i did well at that resort they were like we'll keep you on for a month if you do well we'll keep you on again i stayed there for three years i ended up going and working at another top resort of the world shiva song also in thailand so in the course of that i met with royalty from and worked with and had as my clients royalty from around the world pop stars film actors nobel prize winners a, a, oh, a nice bunch nice. of billionaires
1: so even they need hypnotherapy <laughs> possibly
0: more than most you will not be surprised to hear so there are levels to this
1: As soon as we go off camera we're going to talk about that
0: <laughs> oh well it's it's oh, a, I know. You, it's you, a terrible yeah. I name I actually feel bad about this and I don't like name dropping or I work with this and that mm-hmm. um but just to just I only say that uh, and I, will, I don't name names or anything but I will say there are levels. So if I had gone and I hadn't had good word of mouth prior to getting there and I had done less sessions, if I hadn't had good word of mouth and instead of having a thousand sessions under my belt, I'd had 500, I might not have got that job. And then my life is completely different. I don't get to work at the premium wellness resorts of the world. I don't get to have these incredible experiences uh, with all these amazing, wonderful people. And one of the things about that resort was that it's, it's a bunch of villas at any one time. They've got maximum of 60 people. They all arrive, you know, for a week or two on the Sunday, I, I get booked by one person on the Sunday. I do a session with them. If it's good, I'm booked out for the rest of the week. If it's so, so or not, I'm not, I'm either making no money or I'm getting fired. So I can't, if you can't afford to do a hundred sessions and have uh, one person saying bad and three people saying, okay, if you have a 99% success rate in that place, you are fired. 99% is not good enough. <laughs> you know? I, I think people need to have a little bit of that approach, which is, I know you've got to have people raving and people really connecting. And if not your word of mouth, isn't going to be there. And you're not going to be able to stay at these. You're not going to get into the place. You're not going to be able to stay there. And then the, that little difference, uh, makes a tremendous, uh, effect on your life path. So the fact that by the time I got to that interview, I was seasoned and I was able to then stay there that changed the course of my life. And it really, uh, made the difference between me being able to live in paradise, you mm-hmm. know, in, in a beautiful resort in Thailand and have a lot of amazing sessions with people from 60 countries around the world, uh, and, and that really helped me uh, then after only six years become a teacher, but I was run off my feet. I was just doing so many sessions, living it and breathing it and did thousands and thousands of sessions in my first six years. So that's what it takes to be a teacher. You have to be absolutely full-time professional, have having exceptional results month after month, year after year. Then you can start thinking about teaching. Otherwise six years is really, really fast. But unless you're really, you know, a maniac for it, which is what I am. And that's also part of the mentoring. You can get it from, you know, and it's the invisible mentors, which is, you know, how many people do past life regression training, you know, 10,000, how many become a teacher six years later, a handful, you know, how many of those mentor is even less. So the fact, so that, you know, the, the 10,000 people get whittled down to a handful really quickly. And so you can get there through some mentoring or finding that person who is just, you know, absolutely committed. And that's another quality that I look for in my students. And so I've got another story about my students, but uh, that's, that's my, uh, my own journey. And I noticed just those little uh, points where, oh yeah, I had an interview for this thing. Didn't get it. Your life's completely different. And then, you know, I did it for a few more years and sort of tape it out. Now I did something else versus, I, did, I went from strengths to strengths and got into it. Now, Not everyone has to, you know, be a teacher or stay a full-time therapist for their, you know, past life therapist for their life. But if you want, uh, but for me, when I started that course, I knew this is something I looked at Milton Erickson and Brian Weiss and thought those guys are pretty old and they're still doing it. That's cool. Yeah. I don't really want to, I don't want to have a job that I don't want to do and then retire. I want to have a job that's not a job and never stop.
1: Exactly.
0: And so I was exactly. so inspired seeing, you know, 78-year-old Milton doing his videos and going, that's pretty cool, you know, like, and you're not working a day in your life because it's so cool and you don't have to retire and play golf and drop dead of a heart attack two years later because you never really figured out what you wanted to do in your life, you know?
1: I, I was, I'd like to bring something up. Um, so you're, as you're uh, describing that, I'm thinking that is just amazing that you're working at a resort doing hypnotherapy. I'm in the States. I'm in New Jersey. I do not know of a resort that has a hypnotherapist on staff. There may be, I don't know of them. So the difference is, so the people that you're training that live in different parts of the world, that uh, there's different parts of the world that respond to hypnotherapy different than we do in the States. It's much more popular. It's much more of a common thing. Um, it still is here. Something you have to explain to people. They're a little bit hesitant. They don't really know what it is, which is really a shame. But the difference with that is, if you're coming for training, it's not like you're you're in a technical school, and then there's um, there's people you're going to go out and they're going to hire you. If you become a hypnotist here, you really have to forge your own way. You have to forge your own path. Well, there's I, not it, one person I know that was hired by somebody to be a hypnotist.
0: They they were not looking for a hypnotherapist. They were they they have practitioners, uh, holistic practitioners. Ah. So this is what I mean about even the person who I gave a session to, she had done a past life regression training and she had a certificate in past life regression and hypnotherapy, but she had never practiced it and still to okay. so this didn't really know what it was, but she'd okay. had the seed planted in her so that when I showed up for that interview, they said, oh, you're doing holistic, practice, you're a holistic practitioner, what's your modality? And I said, you know, hypnotherapy, and they're like, oh, I did an NLP course 30 years ago, is what the owner said to me. So right. she sort of, sort of knew what NLP was, and was like, okay, I don't know if we need one of these or whatever. So she didn't know what a, a hypnotherapist really was, or a past life therapist. But And then I interviewed a few different people, and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know, he seems like a nice guy, I don't know what he's really offering, but we'll give him a shot. And then one person put up their hand, oh, I've had a certificate in this thing. I know what it is, but she really didn't. Uh, so I had to, you know, give her the pre-talk and telling her what hypnosis and life progression is, even though she had a certificate, but she knew enough to click with it and enough to get me that interview and enough to say, you know what, he's actually pretty good at this. I know enough to know that he's good. I don't know enough to do, you know, to do it myself, but I know enough to watch it. You know, it's a little bit like art appreciation. They can just see, you know, I don't know if that's good art or not. She knew enough to know what good art was, which is the session that I gave her. And from there, again, they were just like, I'll give him a month. It's a hypno what? And then then people actually, the irony is that this happened to be in Thailand. And I happened to be in India before that. So they know past life regression because Buddhism understands past lives. But all my clients were not Thais and Indians. Some were, but most of them were Americans and Europeans. Mm -hmm. And so there is actually uh, an appetite for it, but a lot of times as well, they just heard, Oh, there's a good healer, you know, who gave me a cool session. What was it in? Oh, I can't remember, but he was really good. So they weren't looking for hypnotherapy or past life regression. They wanted to work with me because I was good at what I did and people Mm -hmm. want to be around people who are good at what they do, regardless of what it is. And so they were like, I would have never gone for a session in London or New York, but I went and, but also because I'm stepping out of my button down life and I'm on holiday. So I'm going to try things that (laughs) are new, new and out of my comfort zone. So I'm going to do a session with you. And then they're like, Oh, wow. And so they're not the kind of people who necessarily, and it is a holistic resort. So a lot of them are the holistic kind of people who might know about it, but it is also uh, the people who are trying something new. And then, and that, I really appreciate those people because uh, you can, you can have the biggest, they're the most improved, you know, (laughs) So uh, there are people who are like, I know all of the stuff. I've done so many spiritual sessions. They, you can take them from a, like a seven to an eight. But the people who have never done it before, they go from a two to an eight like that. And, uh, and it's really nice to see. So like n- no, nowhere, no one handed me a, a, on a plate. I had to make that market exist. Right, you created and, and, that. And here's the funny thing. Ever since afterwards, I I, le- I was there for a few years and I left. And that was 10 years ago. Ever since they've had hypnotherapists in there. They're like hypnotherapy is a great modality. Mark oh, came in re- and did great Mark had a lot of demand all the th- all the people all the old because you've got the people same people coming year after they're all asking for Mark we need to get another mark in here
1: wow. and so now
0: I created that market
1: you did and that's I think about the the places in the states all over every state has something at least and the ones of course in the warmer more tropical or more you know desirable weatherwise places have more than that to do that, to, to have that, um, offer those things. I've always felt that way. And we, you know, I've been doing this like 15 years and I kept thinking my 15 years, it would be a lot more open. It is, but, um, but I think that should be something that, yes, you have massage, you have, um, whatever else it is that you're going to a a resort and you're doing mind, body, soul. So why not? Um, hypnosis is all three (laughs) hypnotherapy is all three.
0: And this is what I mean, but you're absolutely right, which is that no one's really advertising for a hypnotherapist. You don't get your degree and then look at the wanted ads. Exactly. You You have to go and make that market. So that's how good you have to be. You can't just go in and accept the job as a hypnotherapist and and be pretty good. You have to be so good that people who don't know what it is or didn't think they need it realize that they now do because you blew them away. That's how good you have to be. And so if you're thinking, oh, do I spend a little bit of extra money on Mark's mentoring in order to get really good? Well, that's the difference between really making it and not. So yeah, buy my course.
1: Right. Right. And also, I mean, not to uh, denigrate a college education, but you're spending $100,000 and how many people actually get a job in their major? They, it's, I have a four-year degree. Okay, you're going to start here or they end up creating something on their own or doing a side, you know, a side gig that turns into what they do. But um, but and, th- and when you're in college, there's no mentorship program. There might be, I guess, but not it's not something that you're guaranteed you're going to automatically do when you graduate. Most college graduates are looking around going now what? OK, let me now get a job or let me now figure out what the heck it is I want to do, because those past four years I realized I don't want to major in business. I don't really want to do this. And not that this replaces that, but, yeah. but like we were saying, most of our students, are they've, they're, they've been out in the world. They've yeah. done some different things. And either they like what they're doing and they want to add on to it, like a therapist who wants to grow their pa- practice or realizes talk therapy only goes so far. Yeah. Or it's somebody saying like my, again, my last class, I had two um, executives that were saying, I'm done with this world. And this is what I'm now going to enter into because this is what really excites me. This is what I want to do.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, People who gr- graduate from college can go into the industry, get a job, and their mentoring is kind of learning on the job. Right. And and, and hypnotherapy, uh, unless you have, you know, a, a client base who is open to that modality, then you can go in graduate and then start slipping, introducing it into your practice. And it may grow and become the majority of your practice. But if you don't have an existing practice with current healing clients, then you can't go out and learn on the job. You're going to, you, you can't get hired by an industry. You're going to have to, you, and you will be mm-hmm. on your own. And so for me, the a key thing is finding a way in which you can make a, an industry or, or and and therefore get and get to practice on the job by hiring yourself and really making it happen yeah. and that is the thing that i find that once people graduate mentoring them through that and so that's where a lot of people drop away you Now we give them the wings to fly out of our training but yeah. a lot of people just have a very quick glide down to the bottom and that's it they then they they might justify rationalize away I know, past regression is kind of a difficult business or hard to get going or no one's hiring a therapist or no one knows what a hypnotherapist is. And if I had listened to that at the interview, then I could have just been, oh, you don't really know what it is. Okay. Well, nice to meet you. I tried. No, Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to Mm -hmm. really, you have to absolutely go in there and, uh, and, and, and make a space for yourself and not, and you're not going to get a lot of help with that. And the only way you can do that is by being really good. And the only way to get really good is by having a lot of practice. And if you can't get the practice and the referrals, you're not going to get it and it's over. And yeah. so you do need, you got to have those referrals and you've got to have the volume. And one of those ways as well is with, you know, some of the extra mentoring is a rare resource, you're right. And, uh, and also you can do that with uh, session swaps that you have with other people uh, and by, and whatever little opportunity that you have, you really have to make the most of it and multiply it, you know, and so that, yeah. that's the key thing between people who, who, who fight or fly. So I thought it'd be interesting for people to uh, understand uh, some stories about some of the students that we have. So I'll start off. So, and this is really interesting and it shows how uh, the type of student and the way you approach training. So I had a particular uh, client. Uh, she was actually a therapy client first. She actually said, uh, I said, what, what's your presenting issue? And she said, I've broken the law. I've just come out of prison. I said, why was that? She said, well, because of suicide, suicide's illegal. I try to commit suicide. So they put me into prison.
1: Oh and my gosh.
0: Her sister had just died. Uh, she'd had a relationship breakup and uh, she yeah, and she had a bit of a meltdown and wow. uh, she came in for therapy. Uh, she had a, a background in sales and in the wine industry. So she is a beautiful, successful, talented woman in her forties. Uh, but life just sort of all, she had a triple whammy. I think her mother died as well. Uh, She didn't have a healer's background, but she had five sessions with me. So she had a deep therapy experience. So part one, deep therapy experience, five sessions working on you know serious issues. Uh, She also had good transferable skills. So she's very professional. And the third thing was she really listened to the instructions. It did nothing less and nothing more. Mm -hmm. She came in humble and she felt even she didn't belong among her classmates. a lot of classmates were existing healers professional psychologists and another person came in and she'd done a lot of healing courses she was the mystic type uh she didn't have a job uh, or a professional discipline as a background but she'd done a lot of study and done a lot of courses here and there and some sessions here or there Uh, but she came in really confident maybe too confident about her healing ability and so on the first day she was like i'm gonna be the, the queen of the class and uh the other student victoria uh, was, you know, feeling like she didn't really belong there. And, uh, but it was part of even her ongoing therapy to understand how the subconscious works. She was really, you know, that was another person. I find so many people from my training courses that didn't, would never have trained, but they, uh, they see what we're able to do with them in our sessions. they like, I want to learn how you did, how you helped me in those sessions. I want to be able to help at least one person with that, or even just know how you did it. It seems like some kind of magic. And so as we went along, Uh, she was unconfident at the beginning, but she, because of her experience, because of her transferable skills, and by following my instructions, she really moved ahead. And the other person who thought that she knew how to do it already uh, would do the same kind of thing, follow some of the instructions, but then throw on some of her own stuff and didn't have that learning moment of realizing that that's not great. And so after day seven out of 10, she came to me and said, why is this new person who knew nothing now miles ahead of me? So she knew enough to know that, oh, wow, this person, I thought I was going to be the queen and I, I'm miles ahead of everyone else. Pretty soon she was the last and the other ones were, were ahead of her. Yeah. And so that her deep experience helped her and following those instructions. So what I notice is uh, that the, if people don't have, they want to be past life therapists, but haven't done it themselves, that's a real issue. Uh, you don't, And what another way you can get that is uh, and I all of my students will do session swaps and have past life regression. But the other way you can get it is through uh, spiritual experience and meditation, or doing very similar type classes. And then really, this thing about following instructions—it's so important. People who don't follow instructions uh, get into their uh, get into the ego or want to do combinations of uh, mm-hmm. like a, a meld with a bunch of other modalities. that just doesn't work. Yeah. Like you're really just doing yourself a disservice. And then you'll be wondering why am I the, not the top of the class anymore? Mm-hmm. And why is my practice not picking up? And then the other part is a real professional discipline. So uh, she wasn't a professional healer, but she was very professional or approach and she was disciplined. And uh, she uh, and she also wanted to do past life regression. She needed to get these resolutions. It was a matter of life or death for her. And yeah. I I acted as if it was for me in my life. <laughs> Um, but it wasn't that uh, it actually may have been as well because I was also I I did a career change, but I had no backup. I had, you know, a certain amount of savings, but after that it was single swim and I didn't want to go back to the other world. So it was kind of life or death for me as well. And that's the energy that I put into it, and that really helps. That kind yeah. of commitment is what and so what happened is she graduated from the class doing well, she gave sessions. She, uh, one of, she got a client, a, a doctor found out that she was doing sessions and the therapy thought I'll send her one of my clients. And she, she got the, that client, she did well, the doctor then, and she could, it could have gone okay. And then she would have got a client, but what happened was she did fantastic. It's not 90%, it's 99%. You know, she did great. The doctor then made got here to work at her practice. Within a few months of graduating, she was doing six sessions a day, five days a week. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot.
1: <laughs> that's a lot. If you're
0: a professional, you know, that's a lot. And that's a lot. <laughs> that's mo- month after month. That's a lot. That's a mm-hmm. lot more than I was doing. I'll tell you that. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and so, and, and therefore she got her thousand, uh, you know, session, <laughs> hundred clients and a and thousand sessions in her about pretty quickly. So that's a superstar client. Right. And, and if she had, you know, uh, and so there are those qualities. She was deeply invested in it. She had a lot of discipline. She followed my instructions. And the people that didn't do that didn't get that extra client, that re- those that referral base did a lot less things and is now doing a training and something else.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, yeah. and so that's the difference, you know, and and it's huge. And so, uh, yeah, it's great to see. And so I've noticed what are some of those qualities. So people, uh, and and it's okay. Not everyone needs to. In fact, that's actually too much. I I then mentored her on you know how not to burn out. <laughs> And uh, that, that kind of thing. But you know, like if you want to be successful, like that's how to be successful. I've seen so many people. And that's the thing. People don't know what they don't know. And they don't know. You had an opportunity here. And if you'd taken this little turn, you'd be in a completely different life. But mm-hmm. you're not. And you think this is okay. But really, I can see what could have been. And uh, there are so many intricacies. There's what you can do. But then just those little steps along the way that make the difference. And you're right. We have to make our space. No one's going to give it to us. And, uh, and so that's some of those, those key points I noticed on my students. So do you have any students that stand out for you?
1: I, well, it's funny because talk about the overconfident. I remember training uh, a young woman, uh, one-on-one for hypnotherapy and within, <laughs> I remember seeing her, uh, I don't think it was Facebook or something. I'm not really on social media. You and I, neither of us really are. She was done for a week and was already an expert from the prestigious, she knew all the words to use. And I thought, okay, you haven't done one session or maybe you've done a couple, but she was already branding herself the expert. So there's that extreme. And then there's, I've had students that um, they don't, they're they're so lacking in confidence that I always say, you can contact me as long as you like. I'll email, I'll help you. It's not mentoring-like, it's not that extreme, but if you have a question, I'll I'll, I'll answer your questions. And it's, this has been several years now that there's that fear of, I don't know if I'm doing it right or what should I do now? And at some point you just have to do it. <laughs> you just have to, I felt like I would look at other people that were jumping right out there and making money and, and, and advertising some of the students I went with, not all of them. And I would feel like I wasn't there, but I just kept doing it. So mine was just show up feet on the ground, keep doing it, keep doing it. And then you're going to look back and say, "Wow, I've done thousands of sessions. I've learned because I didn't get frustrated and just quit because I was comparing myself to somebody else yeah. who was doing six sessions. Six sessions is really really a lot. But if, you know, I was told that you have to or you're not going to, you know, you, you you're not going to be successful if you don't do that, maybe I would have quit and thought, "Well, I'm never going to be able to do this because six sessions is wearing me out." Or I'm, I'm kind of getting a feel for it. You really do have to, you're not going to like everything. You're not going to be instantly good or instantly successful or have all these clients immediately beating your door down. It is, takes a while to build word of mouth, doesn't it? It does. It takes yeah. a while for all of that. I get, of course, more referrals now than I did in the first couple of years. And I used to wait for them, but it just took a while. So my advice for anybody considering to do anything like this, whether it's past life regression, hypnotherapy training, is know that you're in it for the long haul. And and to do it, if you want to do a part-time, do it part-time, but do it and have that part-time schedule that you, you stick to. And the discipline of you know, um, really doing those scripts and inductions and all that. So it becomes natural to you. So you just can go in and that's not the part you're worried about is the, the session structure, because now we know that's just the, the preliminary, the good stuff starts, you know, when they start to go into that space. And that's when it's really cool that we can now everything we've learned now we can use because we've, we've learned so many different things and, and experienced so much.
0: Yeah. I, that, that I find a lot of people think that they don't have a problem when they do. Mm-hmm. And they think that they uh, have a problem when they don't. So you're talking about, Oh, but I compare myself to this person and, and this is a problem. And therefore I get discouraged. And I will then say to that person, actually, that's not an issue. That's okay. And you're right. There are certain things, exactly. that thing. Like, you no, know, the mint, the, uh, one of those things about being in a, a small resort environment, very small group of people, but very talkative. So those referrals are, were, were, were so important. I'll get a lot of referrals in a very quick amount of time. And then mm-hmm. year after year, they'd come back. So I built that right. business right. time right. after time. But also nowadays, it's also on social media. You know, so we're both not that on it. We're old school. We're talking 15, you know, 8, 18, 20 years ago. All this is happening for me. But uh, nowadays, that kind of, uh, it can build quickly as well. And yeah. so... Uh, and so uh, sometimes people will think that their things, the momentum is not kicking in and they'll they'll be digging for gold and they will stop just before they hit it.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. so, and just, it's that little thing to say, look uh, that's not in, as much of an issue as you think it is Do a little bit more of this and you're there. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between really succeeding for your entire life in this industry and, 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 or dropping out and doing something else. Yeah. And so, it's, you know, the, the the stakes are really high, and having that, uh, uh, yeah, that that uh, assistance along the way is really helpful. So, and that's the kind of thing as one well. We can also even in in uh, without mentoring, even in our trainings in person, we can future proof people for a lot of these things. Yeah. So, uh, so that's yeah. great. And so, yeah. So overall, any last thoughts on uh, what it is to be a teacher? The rewards, the uh, the the frustrations, the, the 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 joy in the end.
1: I feel that now there's such a need for what we do and not enough people that even know about it, let alone offer it, that I look at my training now as, wow, I'm planting seeds. I'm helping to do that, to send people out into the world that can help other people. And that to me is very exciting. The other stuff, it's not that it's secondary, but that's my, my main purpose is that. And, and again, I think I'm doing you a favor if I might say, maybe this isn't for you because I don't want to waste your time and money if you're not ready for this, but the ones who really are ready, and they may put it aside for a few months, but that time that they say, you know, I'm going to take this training, then there's something their soul is saying that the time is right now. And the other stuff, you'll just, you'll work it out. It'll come, just do it. But take the training now and then whatever you're going to do with it, it will happen.
0: Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, so good to talk to you again.
1: Nice talking with you too. Again, we could go on and on and on and talk about so many different things. And I love hearing your stories. It's fascinating.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great for two teachers to to get together. So I really appreciate it. So if uh, people uh, want to find out a bit more about your training, uh, what can they do?
1: They can go. It's very easy. My website is barbangelo.com and I have my private sessions on there and my trainings on there as well.
0: Okay. Fantastic. All right. Great to see you. Thanks so much for being on the and podcast again.
1: And nice seeing you too again. Bye, Mark.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening or watching. To find out more about my guest, see the links in the description for details. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in hypnosis or hypnotherapy, or regression to this life, past lives, between lives, or spirit releasement therapy, then visit my website, thepastlifeawakeninginstitute.com, for details. Thanks so much for watching or listening, and see you next time.